Hello friends, welcome to our video on Sukkot. So this awesome holiday of Sukkot, or rather, let's not call it a holiday because holidays you can, you know, we can celebrate holidays of any sort, any time. This is no less than a cosmic event. This event, a cosmic event of Sukkot can help us change our lives, literally. It can fill our lives with light. So let's talk a little bit about that. And I want to bring to you uh, some of the writings from the ancient Kabbalists, the sages, um, the Arizal, and so on, which we will explain. Let's start with the name of Sukkot. Sukkot, you know, uh, for those who celebrate uh, the Chag, the, that is the holiday of Sukkot, you know, you'll see, for many, it's been forgotten. For the more observant, uh, we build a Sukkah, and this structure of a Sukkah, this, you know, temporary dwelling, uh, needs to be of certain dimensions, which we won't get into, but the, the, there are very definite dimensions and one of the main features, actually, of the sukkah is the roof of the sukkah. That's quite important, the roof and the walls of the sukkah. And um, so, depending on the degree of observance, if we can call it that, people do different things in the sukkah. Some people pray in the sukkah. Many people will eat in their sukkah. Some people will even sleep in their sukkah even in cold uh, climates. Uh, I remember distinctly many years ago in being in Canada and sleeping in a sukkah in, you know, it's already wintertime, freezing cold with snow, but still sleeping in that sukkah. So it must be something there to, you know, motivate a person, at least motivate me and many others, to wanting and desiring to sleep in the sukkah. So let's start with the name sukkah, the name of the, the object, the device, okay? Sukkah, a sukkah. So I hope you can see this. This is the word sukkah in Hebrew. And sukkah is made of four letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Samach, Vav, Kaf, and hey. Now, as many of us may know, that the Hebrew letters have numerical equivalents. You know, so the first letter, Aleph, like the A in the English alphabet, one, Bet, two, and so on, and so on. Uh, and when we get to the letter Yud, which is 10, then we go in multiples of 10. So Yud, Kaf, uh, Lamed would be 10, 20, 30, and so on. So the letter Samach of Sukkah is 60. Letter Vav, 6. Letter Kaf, 20. And letter He, 5. Now, if we add all those up together, you get the number 91. 91. Now, 91 for a Kabbalist, one who is, you know, more versed in the Kabbalah, is a very significant number. Now, what makes it significant? What does this 91 resent? 
uh, represent. Well, let's start off with that idea. Let's see, 91 represents um, the number of days between each season, right? You have 91 times four, 364. And there's some work in there to work out the leap year, which we won't go into. But it's interesting that every season has 91 days. How many, how many days, uh, how many seasons are there? Four. So this in Kabbalistic uh, understanding, we know represents four, the four letters of the Tetragrammaton, the holy name, Shema Kadosh, Adonai name, Hashem. And with that in mind, we go back to the idea of 91 and why it's so important and why Sukkah is 91. Well, we'll go over here, okay? And I hope this, not, this is not too difficult of an understanding, but we know the Tetragrammaton, the Shem Hashem, the Yudke Vavke name, four letters, and of course I don't have it actually written out over here because I don't want to write the name on a paper, but the Yudke Vavke, 10, 5, 6, and 5 are 26. 26 numerically. Now, if you take, there's another name which sounds like Hashem's name, but it's spelled completely differently. It's spelled out actually Adonai. We know the Shem Hashem, we don't pronounce it, but we do say it that way for some reason. We know in Kabbalah, it represents the potential of the Creator's light the Kadosh Baruch Hu, the Holy One. But in order to, uh, as we would say, manifest that spiritual light of the Creator, we need the, the wife, we need the female, we need the one who manifests the, the woman of the house. And who's the woman of the Holy House? Well, that would be the Shekhinah. The Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, which we call the vessel in Kabbalah, is represented by the name, which is actually a manifest name, which is spelt out Adonai. And it's spelt out with Aleph, Dalid, Nun, and Yud. So when we take the numerical value of that, Aleph 1, Dalid 4, Nun 50, Hey, Yud rather, 10, it's 65. So what happens when we connect or we bring together the husband, which is the Holy One, and the wife, which is what we do every Shabbat, the Shekhinah together in a unity, in what Kabbalah calls a zivug, a mating of the two uh, spiritual forces of light and vessel? Well, they put together and they look like this. Okay, they look like this. Some of you may be familiar with this from if you use a Sephardic Sidur or perhaps a Nusach Ari Sidur where you would see this name, the Yud, Aleph, K, Dalit, and so on, which is merely an intermingling of the Tetragrammaton and the Adni name. And then if you add the 26 from Hashem, 
and the 65 from the other name of the Shekhinah, guess what you get? 91. Wow, that's crazy. In fact, even more crazy, the word Amen in Hebrew, Amen. Aleph, Mem, Nun, 50, 40, and 1. How much? 91 again. So from this, we already have huge understanding of what is the meaning of our spiritual work and even the mitzvot. What's the purpose of a mitzvah? It's to create a unification between the spiritual world of Hashem, the Kadosh Baruch Hu, all the things that we, you know, everything which lies in the endless light of the Creator, which is the potential for us to connect to, to tap into, and our world, which is represented by the Shekhinah, which is given to the spiritual mother to distribute to us. Because everything in potential needs to be, come to the world of manifestation. And that's how the Kabbalist would explain that. So it's all a matter of bringing the two things together, the world of potential and actual. You know, a worldly, simple, worldly example is you go to the store with money. You want to buy something. That money is a potential. Because you can't eat the money. You can't sleep in the money. You can't um, uh, live in the money. You can't uh, uh, wear the money. It's a potential. It's potential energy. It represents the desire to be revealed. It's a potential energy. It does have value. It's potential energy. The moment you go to the store and buy something, it's not potential anymore. You buy food. You can eat it. You can't wear it. You can't drive it, but you can eat it. So you bring the potential into some form of actualization. And that's what we do also with the Creator's light. You know, how can we bring endless light of the Creator into panasa, into sustenance, into livelihood? How can we bring the endless light of the Creator into health? I mean, we have to limit it somehow, right? Because we, even though the Creator is endless, we aren't, we're not endless, we're limited. You know, our brain is limited, our, our thoughts are limited, our actions are limited, everything about us is limited. So our work is to always be creating these unifications because the meaning of creating unifications means to bring the endless light of the Creator into our life. That's what it means, in whichever way. I mean, we want the Creator's light all over the place, right? And therefore, we have different things to do. It's just like, we don't only eat one food, right? We don't just eat pizza. Probably not the healthiest diet. But we have a range of foods to give us nutrition. There's probably a perfect food out there. You know, the Torah, the Bible, tells us it was manna. And that manna, for those who were spiritually tuned in, could taste like anything that they desired. That was only for the one who was spiritually tuned in. So says the Medrash. But if a person wasn't spiritually tuned in, in fact, not only it, it wouldn't change taste, 
They didn't like it. In fact, that person hated it. You know, I mean, what do I want this spiritual food for? Give me a steak. Give me a nice juicy steak. Yeah, but for the one who was really spiritual, the mana could taste like steak or apple pie, depending on the desire of a person. Crazy idea, right? The power of the mind when it's really connected to the creator's light. So not to go too much off the track here, what does that have, what does that all have to do with Sukkot? So all of our actions, even in the physical world, are meant to help us create unification. These unifications that create a binding or a connection, connection between the creator and us in our life, in whatever we're doing. Bring the light of creator into our life, into our business, into our relationship, into our children, because everything works better that way, you know? And so, what did the Creator do? In the infinite wisdom of the Creator, He gave us certain instructions. And all of those things that are written in the cosmic code of the Torah are basically instructions on how to create the connections that will help our life get better, that will help improve us, elevate us, maybe even remove pain, suffering, disease. The Creator wants to heal us from every form of illness. But we have to know how to allow the Creator to do that. The Creator wants to allow us to bring the light of sustenance, all forms of sustenance, not just money, everything, spiritual sustenance, every sustenance into our life. But we have to be willing to allow it. You see, I mean, we don't realize it, in Deuteronomy, Moses tells us, uh, last week in fact, that, you know, he's, he's given before us uh, life and death, blessing and curse. And you know what we should do? He tells us, we should choose life. You should choose it. I mean, is that even a logical? I mean, if you come to someone and say, here, here's a blessing and here's a curse. Here's life and here's death. You should choose life. Good idea. Good idea, Moshe. Yeah, but why does he have to tell us? Maybe it's not so obvious. Maybe we're not making the right choices often. And we don't know how to choose life. Maybe we don't know. And therefore, we need to learn how to choose life and to choose the blessings in life. Because somehow we may not be in every case. Well, here we go. So what is the sukkah? The sukkah is 91. 91. Again, what is 91? It means a unification between the light of the Creator and the physical world that we live in. Can you imagine just by walking into the sukkah? The sages say it's as though we're walking into the Beit HaMikdash, the holy temple. Where, you know, all you had to do was walk in there. Never mind being a part of what the high priest was doing and everything else. But you walking into another dimension with his absolute, it's only light. It's only peace and peace of mind and tranquility and health and all healing and love. And every single thing that we can think of that we may ever need.
And so, therefore, we can begin to get a taste of the awesome power of this event of Sukkot. Because the Sukkah itself, you know, the sages call it Bina. It represents the level of what is called Bina. Now, Bina is called the upper mother, says the Zohar. Ima ila'a, upper mother. It's a little bit like going into your mother's womb, returning to the womb of your mother, where you had everything. There's potential, but you had absolutely everything in the, in the seed level, in the seed level. So there's huge amount of light there, huge amount of protection there. It's also called the Or Makif, a surrounding. It's being surrounded by what? By pure light. And therefore, well, the first thing is we should take every opportunity to be a part or go inside, or, you know, be inside of a sukkah, wherever we can find one. And whatever we do in there, it intensifies. So if we eat, we draw spiritual energy whenever we eat, even outside the sukkah. But the thing is, when it's in the sukkah, it's a hundred times more powerful. You know, when we sleep, we draw energy. So if you're fortunate enough to be able to sleep in the sukkah, it's a hundred times more intensified. In other words, all the time that we're spending in the sukkah, if it's possible to the best of our ability, we're being surrounded and blessed with this spiritual light so that it can be a part of our life for the coming year. Now, of course, the holiday itself has other things, you know, other things to do. There's the four species, the lulav, the etrog, and, uh, you know, all the other things to do. But uh, this is just a taste of it and so that we can have a little understanding of the huge blessing and spiritual light which is available from not only the holiday of Sukkot itself, but from the actual structure of the Sukkah. Remember, it's a unification. Being a part of the Sukkah is a unification between above and below. And when we're inside of it, we're being bathed in that spiritual light. And that is for the entire year. A very important, important idea. Be blessed, everyone. And I will, God willing, see you on the next video. All the best. And Chag Sameach.